you know, when pastor's leading, she's very, very kind. She makes sure that she lowers all the notes, and, uh, and so, but I uh, appreciate it very much. If you're saved this morning, say amen. amen. It's good to be at the house of the Lord this morning. I'm so grateful that you're here, and uh, this morning we're going to talk about Jesus Christ. I am in a series with you with Hebrews, and uh, I just want to encourage you. I'll pick that back up next week, but this morning I want us to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So if you'll turn there with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And if you're capable or able, let's all stand and honor of the reading of the Word of God this morning. Let me begin in verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll read on through verse 17. The Bible says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved, and in them that perish. To the one we are the Savior of death unto death, and to the other the Savior of life unto life. And who is sufficient for these things? For we cannot as many which corrupt the word of God, but of the sincerity, but as of, the, of God in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And uh, Lord, I just want to tell you that uh, my confidence is not in myself, but in my Savior. And uh, Lord, I know that we already are triumphant in that if we have trusted Christ, Father, heaven is our home. We're not fighting for victory, we're fighting, uh, Lord, uh, from victory. And so help us this morning to recognize that and to realize what you're offering unto us in this life as a believer. And Lord, we're not to be downtrodden and trampled underfoot, but Lord, we're to, uh, Lord, be lifted uh, up out of the miry clay by our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and to live a victorious Christian life, to be overcomers, Lord, and not to fall prey to the ways of this world, but to allow our light to shine through for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we lay all this at the altar at your feet this morning. I want to thank you for your grace and for your goodness now. Lord, uh, empty me of self, fill me with your spirit, use your word this morning to encourage hearts, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Victory with confidence, and this is the confidence that we have in Christ. And, and the thing of it is, it says, if you ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. His will is that every man, woman, and child be saved. So anyone that is called upon the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, can have the confidence that Jesus Christ has saved you if you've truly called upon Him. I think Paul is here, and Paul assures the believers with triumph that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at this, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. You ought to underline that in your Bible. God shares with us that our relationship with Christ puts us in a position where the triumph is always ours. It is ours. It belongs to us. So Paul assures us of this. And when you read the book of Corinthians, by the way, when you go to the book of Corinthians, uh, these were not the most godly uh, Christians. There were problems, major problems. And so Corinth was not known for being the most godly church, and they had some very serious spiritual situations arise that did not edify Christ. So Paul purposed to remind the believers of the personal and victorious relationship they have in Christ. What should keep you from sin more than anything else? What should keep you from sin more than anything else is your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're saved, it should keep you from sinning. 
And, and what it is is that we have been freed from sin, the Bible teaches us in Romans. And so what we have is we, we are always triumphing in Christ Jesus. Whenever you are presented with temptation, when you are presented uh, with sin in your personal life, listen, Jesus told us, pray that ye enter not into temptation. You have a way of escape. He tells us in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13, there's a way of escape. That escape is Jesus Christ. We're all tempted, and yet with that temptation, he gives us a way to escape. And it reminds us in that passage that God is faithful. We're also reminded right here that we have triumph in Christ Jesus. So all of us face adversity at times. Some of us face sin at times. Some of us are tempted, and even as Paul uh, is preaching here, but the biblical principles for overcoming adversity or overcoming sin in your Christian life is Christ Jesus. If you were to turn... To 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, and, and you look at verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And then the Bible teaches us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're to have our thoughts in Christ's hands. And so why is it that Paul could say with so much confidence, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Well, I, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen? How many times have you looked in the Scriptures and you realize with, with man some things are impossible, but with God all things are possible, amen? I was in Josh's class this morning. He was talking about the eagle, and, and he was explaining to the teenagers the importance of the relationship that they have with God and how God is their protector and their provider, and God is the one that watches over them. And, and so he's bringing this message to these young people because, listen, there is hope in Christ Jesus, amen? amen. And he wants us to understand, God wants us to understand this hope that we really have. Now, maybe you're going through some physical problems right now, or maybe you're going through some financial problems right now. Maybe you're just struggling spiritually somehow. Maybe, maybe something's not just going right for you. But I want you to understand this morning, there's victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so as we look at this, we all face adversity, even as Paul did. And we all face difficulties. We all face hard times, even harsh conditions in our lifetime. However, we are not fighting for victory. We are facing these times from victory as a saved person. So if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, listen, if you want to fight from victory, trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? Know Him as your personal Savior. And then if you know Christ as your personal Savior, then you have someone you can count on, you can rely on, you can have confidence in that He'll help you through those times. Amen? And so we look to the Scriptures this morning, and when trials are present, are you thanking the Lord for the victory you already have in Christ Jesus? Now, not many of us think that way. And what I just said to you is when you're facing your trials, are you thanking the Lord? Because in the midst of those trials, in the midst of those afflictions, he says they are but for a season, they're a small time. They're but light afflictions. But our victory is in Christ Jesus. And so no matter what you're facing in your life, are you really looking to Christ at that moment in time and thanking Him and saying, Lord, this is present in my life, it's just tough, this is hard, but I still have victory in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so when I look to the Scriptures in your troubles, uh, it, it, turn your focus off the situation. And what do we do most of the times? We get engrossed with the problem. Uh, am I right? 
Are we just, it, it just overwhelms us. It takes us over. And listen, even as Christians, that then starts to take over our thought life. It starts to take over what's happening in our life. And what happens is, is that that little hamster's running around on that habit trail up there inside your head, and it just keeps going in circles. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it just goes on and on and on and on. And Christ said, listen, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every what? thought to the obedience of Christ. Tell yourself, stop thinking that way. Let this mind be in you, which is also in whom? Christ Jesus. Let Christ have your mind. Listen, get your mind off the situation for a moment and get your focus on to Christ Jesus because God promised us in this passage right here, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. There is no time that God will let you down. I promise you, the God of heaven does not let you down. Now, we'll let him down. We do. And we let him down. But the Bible teaches us that we can triumph in Christ Jesus. So your troubles and your times of troubles focus on not the situation, but turn your eyes upon Christ Jesus. I love the, um, the hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Amen? We can look to Christ in the midst of our troubles, and He can cause us to triumph no matter what we're going through. So this morning, there are two specific rewards that are promised to us as believers. And the first is this. He says that He always causes us to triumph. And make it manifest, this is the second, the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. It says that we receive the scent of his knowledge. Now we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I want us to understand there's a triumph and there's this scent of knowledge that he talks about. So the Lord will always cause us to triumph in Christ. Now, how many of you realize if you're saved today, you're on the winning side? Amen. Don't we even sing that song? We're on the winning side. We're on the winning team. Hey, listen, we are on team Christ. That's a good side to be on, amen? amen. And, and, and the thing of it is, is that I want to be on his team because he gives us the victory. And on the winning side, and should make it a daily routine for us to just step back for just a moment and say, I am triumphing in Christ today. Why? Because he always causes you to triumph in Christ. He always causes this to happen. For the believer, as Paul said, now thanks be unto God. And I want to hang on that thought for just a moment. Thanks be unto God. Underline that in your Bible. Thanks be unto whom? God. Thanks be unto God. Let's just hang on that thought for a moment. Thanks be unto God. That should be our continual state of mind. Thanks be unto God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. Thanking God every day. Thanking God for what you have in your life. Even thanking God for what you don't have in your life sometimes. Amen? And the thing of it is, is that we have so much that we can thank the Lord for. I've been overseas, and I've had opportunity to, to go and, and preach in some third world countries. And, and, and folks, I'm going to tell you, we got it really good here. We've got it really good here. I've been in churches where the floors are dirt, and they had had a, 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 a tree limb that they used to make a podium out of. And, and, and when I would sit my Bible on it, it would just sit there and teeter like this. And up in the corner, they had drilled a little hole and stuck a candle there. I asked them, what's the candle for? They said, the lights go out all the time. And the moment I started to preach, by the way, the place was called Vietnam. 
And, uh, and, and so when the, when the candle, when the candle uh, gets lit, it's because they know the power is about to go off. I'm up there preaching, and all of a sudden the, uh, the, the power goes off, and the guy comes over and just lights the candle so that I could see my scripture. <laughs> and I have an interpreter here, and he told me this. He said, I have to tell you one thing. You talk very fast. Slow down. And, uh, and so he said, I-, I need to interpret what you're saying. <laughs> and so he said, just slow down a little bit. But the amazing thing is the lights were off. I preach. He's, he's really just interpreting what I'm saying. And at the end, there's no lights. And these people in this small little church in this town came forward and knelt at the altar praying. And it was just an amazing situation. There's no lights. You couldn't hardly see. I mean, even if I held the candle out, they couldn't even see to walk down the aisle. And they were just so thankful to God for all that he had given to them. And I thought to myself, when I had to use the restroom, they told me it was out back. When I went out back, this is no joke, folks. There was a piece of plastic set up, and Lord knows what it was. I don't know what it was. And there was a pipe in the ground and a hole about that big. And I said, yeah, and uh, no. <laughs> and the thing of it is, is that that's what they have. But they were there praising God and thanking God for all that they had. Now, thanks be unto God. Boy, do we have some things in our nation to be thankful for, right? Boy, those kneelers, I want to let them have it. How about you? Huh? Why are you kneeling? You've gotten so much out of this country. And the thing of it is, is look at what God has given unto us. And think about those that you saw in those pictures that have lost limb and leg. And you look at that and you say to yourself, they did that so that I could do what I'm doing right now at this moment. Right now, I could preach the gospel with all liberty and all freedom because somebody gave limb and life. And the thing of it is, is that thanks be unto God that someone was willing to do that. That someone was willing to step up to the plate and do those things for us. When I look at this, this is to be a sincere focus on gratitude toward our Heavenly Father. Are you really thankful to God for what you have? I remember when I was a kid, New Year's rolled around and my family, they'd all get together and they asked me what I wanted to do. I used to like staying with my grandmother. And so it's New Year's Eve and I'm with grandma and I'll never forget this. She goes, are you hungry? I said, yeah. She goes, you want a can of corn? And I was thinking, no, I don't want a can of corn. I want a hot dog and sauerkraut and some, some kielbasa. I knew what my family was getting. I thought if I hung out with grandma. And I went out in my grandma's kitchen, and guess what? There wasn't a whole lot in her cabinets. And what she had was a can of corn, and she was going to share it with me. And I want to tell you something. There are nations and countries and places around the world that don't even have that can of corn. They don't have those things. And when I look at the, the things that we ought to be gracious toward our God for, I've seen children pitch a fit because they got a PS4 rather than a Nintendo. Hmm? How many of you want to spank them? Amen? (laughs) And you look at what we have in our nation, the things that God has provided us with. And we have an abundance. How many of you understand we really have an abundance? We have far more than we'll ever need. How many of you have tools and, and stuff in your house that you haven't used in years? And how many of you agree with that this morning? And we have an abundance of things. We have things that we don't even... Remember that we have them. We have so much. The reason that we're to give thanks to the Lord is the fact that we always, He always causes us to triumph in Christ. 
So the following truths from the Word of God should cause us to love and to worship and adore God in a more greater way. It should cause us to want to really lift Him up. In your time of prayer, let me challenge you in this area, and I don't know how you pray. I don't know what your prayer life is like, but let me challenge you to do this. In your prayer life, do you really stop for a moment and just really praise God? Or is your prayer life, I'm just asking, I'm not saying you do this, I'm just asking, is your prayer life made up of what you want from God all the time? Is, is my prayer life more of a life of, Lord, give me, or do this, Lord? Or is it a time where you spend some time just praising God and worshiping God and thanking God for all that He has given you? Now, I want to challenge you in your prayer life because He always causes us to triumph in Christ, amen? Now, thanks be unto God for that. So I'm asking you this morning, do you spend some time in your prayer time really just thanking God for all that He does for you? It's amazing to take a moment and write down all that He does for you each and every day. As I share this thought, areas to consider is your prayer time, uh, uh, praise time, times of joy, times of thanksgiving. Here's what I want you to take into account. There's some various scriptures that can help us in our gratitude toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. <coughs> Philippians chapter 4. Familiar verse, but I want you to look at the content of the verse for just a moment. Look at verse 6 with me. And you help me here. Be careful for nothing. Am I in the right place? Be careful for nothing. Now listen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Now watch this. With, what's the next word? Wait a minute. What are we doing ahead of time? Thanking Him already. When I look at this passage, it says be careful for nothing. Don't get anxious about stuff. How many of you get anxious? Anybody? I'm the only one. How many of you have that anxiety come up sometimes? You're thinking, oh my, oh me. And, and you have that anxiousness, that anxiety come up inside of you. But he says, be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But notice this. He says, uh, but in everything. How many things is that? <laughs> in everything, by prayer and supplication. And he says, do it with what? Already thanking him. Do you know why? You should never doubt that your God's not going to answer your prayer. Do you know why we don't thank sometimes ahead of time? Because we want it answered a specific way. We want it done a certain way. We want God to do this, but God, let me give you the guidelines and the rules for how this is to happen. And so we have a hard time giving God thanks ahead of time because he may want to provide it a different way. He may want to provide it through a different means. He may want to provide it in a way that you can't understand or can't comprehend or you have no control over how he's going to do it. And listen, we should just say with thanksgiving, we don't need to be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now notice this, let your demands be made unto God. Your request. We don't have any demands. <laughs> let your request be made known unto God. Now, when we look at this passage, he's teaching us something here that anxiety comes up because our reliance is upon ourselves or upon our ways or upon our manners. And he tells us right in that verse, don't be anxious. Stop for a moment. 
God always causes us to triumph in Christ. Amen? Amen? That's what you have to remember even in your prayer life. So when you're praying, Lord, not my will, but thine be done, do you believe that? Do you really want it to be that way? Do you want God to unfold it His way? Or is it that, Lord, I, I want this, but listen, here's the rules and the guidelines and the conditions that you must meet to answer my prayer. I don't think that's the God we serve. That's right. I think the God we serve is there on our behalf as we make requests. Let your requests be made known unto God. Colossians 4.2 says, Continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer. It's something that we should be constantly doing. There should be a time where you're in contact with God on a regular basis. You ought to, you ought to be communicating with God throughout the day. And you say, when am I supposed to do that? I'm sure there's downtime in our, in our lives, amen? I'm sure there's times where our mind does not have to be fully engaged in what we're doing. And there are times where you can give your mind to Christ. Hey, listen, I mow a lawn just like everybody else does. And all I do is I put that cruise control on on that tractor now and I just run it up and down. And I'm telling you, it goes up and down and up and down. All I have to do is turn and go up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And you're like, ah. So what are you doing during that time? Or you're pushing a mower. What are you doing? Does it take an immense amount of brain power whenever you're washing dishes? Does it take total concentration or can I, at that moment in time, spend that time in prayer? You know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. The idea is, is that we should be in constant contact with God. Amen. When I look at this, I see this and God teaches us here, continue in prayer and watch the same with thanksgiving. Now, he's telling us, go ahead and keep on praying and just keep on thanking God. Because God will answer your prayers. Let me, let me say it again. God will answer your prayers. It may not be to your liking, but God will answer them. Amen? It doesn't mean that He's not or He won't. He is, but we need to allow Him to have liberty on how He goes about it. So what's the results of that prayer life? I love Daniel chapter 9, verse 19 and 22. He says, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And He informed me. I love this. Think about this for a moment. Daniel says, and he informed me. <laughs> it means that God communicated back to Daniel, and he informed me. Now listen to what he informed him. And he says, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. What did Daniel ask for? Let me tell you what he asked for. Hear, forgive, hearken, and God said, I heard you, Daniel. Let me tell you what I'm going to give you. Skill and understanding. Is that the exact thing Daniel asked for? No, but God said, let me tell you what I'm going to give you, Daniel. And sometimes God's going to give us exactly what we need. Not sometimes. God will always give you exactly what you need. Not just what you want. <laughs> Not just what you desire. God will give you what you need at the moment in which you need it. How many of you have had God come in and just take over at some point in your life and did something for you? And you're thinking to yourself, that could have never been done had God not done that. <laughs> had God not intervened, had God not uh, performed that, that just wouldn't have happened. And God does those things. Now let me share this with you. He goes on to say, not only in prayer time, but praise. Here's what I want to challenge you with. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 15 with me. Romans chapter 15. 
When you're with me, say amen. Look at Romans 15, 11. And help me here. If I get off on the wrong verse, you can correct me, okay? But I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> but I believe he says this and again. Is that, am I in the right place? He says, and again, he tells us, he said, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. Now, I want you to think about this. I'm not Jewish, so I am a what? Gentile. And what did he tell all the Gentiles to do? He said, praise him and, and laud him. In other words, lift him up. And, and listen, in your life, how often are you lifting up Christ Jesus? What we have an opportunity to do each and every day of our life is you have an opportunity to lift up the name of Christ. You have an opportunity to praise God. When I look at this, Psalm 6930 in 111.1, he says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with understanding. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Listen, I've asked God many a time, Lord, I want to do this with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my spirit. I want to honor God with my life. With my whole heart, when he's talking about that, he's saying with every fiber of my being, every part of me, the psalmist is saying, Lord, I want to glorify you with every part of my being. My whole heart has the indication of every aspect of my life, every interior, exterior thing, the immaterial that you cannot see and the material things that you can see. God, with my whole heart, I would like to honor you. Now I want to ask you, are we there? in our Christian lives, of honoring God in that way. Now, thanks be unto God, because He always causes us to do what? Triumph in Christ. We ought to think of ways of praising Him and lifting Him up. Not only that, joy. Turn to Philippians with me, if you will. Philippians chapter 1. I'm trying to see if you all know how to use your Bibles today. Amen? It's like a sword drill. <laughs> Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. I love this verse. <laughs> you help me here. Make sure I'm in the right place again. Amen. He says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 25, and having this confidence. Am I in the right place? And he says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for, the, for your furtherance and joy of faith. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your, for your furtherance and joy of faith. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in who, folks? <laughs> that your joy may be in who? Jesus Christ. We look for joy in so many things, do we not? Well, when I get married, I'll be happy. <laughs> no, you double your problems, amen? Well, if we just have kids, no, you just triple them, amen? And then if you have twins, you've done more. <laughs> but we, we, we get to that place where we think joy is in someone else or something else and he says that it is in someone else his name's Jesus that's where the joy is and no matter what your circumstances no matter what your trials no matter what your adversity no matter what you're going through listen he always causes you the triumph in Christ Jesus and we see in this particular passage and having this confidence I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for the further and joy of faith that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ Paul was saying, it's not in me. It's in Christ Jesus is where it is. 
And there were times when letters were written to Paul and, and beckoning him to come and, oh, we need you. And, you know, you make us so happy and the joy is there. No, Paul will say, nope, let me just defer that back to where it belongs. It belongs to Christ Jesus, not in him. The Bible tells us also, it tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. We ought to be excited about God. Do you know why does anybody want our faith or want our religion or want our Christ if all of us look like we're sucking on lemons all the time? Why, does he, why would anybody want our Christ? Yeah. What I'm sharing with you is this. We need to really think about how we present Christ to the world. We ought to have an attitude of saying, you know what? <laughs> I'm always triumphant in Christ. Things go wrong. How many of you know Brother Chris has wrecked his truck? How many of you know that? And Chris didn't say anything about it. He's probably mad at me now. That's all right. He'll get over it. When Chris told me, I was like, you know, he didn't let that dictate his life. It didn't get posted on Facebook and everything else and oh my and all this. And, you know, he didn't do that. When, when, when it happened, I said, man, I didn't know you wrecked your truck. He said, yeah, it's a long story. But I didn't see him down in the mouth. I'm sure it bothers him. I'm sure he has that need, right? The man's a farmer, amen? He needs his truck. But the thing of it is, is that, you know what I've been praying? God causes him to triumph in that thing. I hope that insurance company gives him tenfold, amen? I hope that he gets so much back. And I know Chris has the ability and the capability, amen, of fixing those things. And I just pray God just bless you tenfold on that situation now. I'm sure he can change that bed out himself, amen? I'm sure he can fix some things on that truck. And I hope that insurance company looks at that thing and says, man, that is toast. We're going to just total that thing, and we'll give you all the money that you need. And Chris will be like, yep, <laughs> go get yourself a salvage title and put it back together, brother. <laughs> but what I'm sharing with you is this. The attitude was not that. He came to the lunch. I didn't even know what happened. He didn't say a word about it. He didn't come in, oh, oh it's me. He wasn't crying. I came over to him and said, I heard you wrecked your truck. He goes, yeah. <laughs> now, the thing of it is, is that what gets you down? What, what just takes your mind off of Christ? What moves you away from him? What's going to separate you from the love of Christ? Depth or height or width? Anything going to separate you from the love of God? What's going to separate you? When I challenge you this morning... Joy, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, I didn't see him kicking his heels, but I didn't see him crying either. You say, why are you using him as an example? Because it just happened. And when he told me, I, I was putting this message together, and I thought, well, he's not crying. Now, maybe he is at home at night. He might be whining in the bed, and we just don't see the stuff, you know what I mean? All kinds of tears flowing. Connie could say, yeah, I'm whining like a baby all night long, you know. I mean, I don't know. But he didn't do it publicly. Now, I share that with you. Why? Because joy, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Rejoice. We all go through stuff, don't we? Let me share this last one with you. Thanksgiving. Turn to 1 Corinthians with me. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Boy, these are some good verses, aren't they? God knows how to write a book, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. The Lord really knows how to write a book. 
1 Corinthians 15, 57. Look with me there. Help me. But thanks be to who? Thanks be to who? God. Now watch this. Which giveth us the victory through our what? Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) What some powerful verses. I mean, God's just trying to tell us, hey, listen, what are you worried about? What's troubling you? What's the heartache over? What's the headache over? What's the adversity? What's the sadness? What's the, what's the long face about? And I read a verse like this, and he says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And then in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen? Christmas is coming up here, and we buy stuff for our children. A lot of times we end up putting ourselves in debt, trying to buy gifts and pieces of plastic for kids. Amen? Amen. We do. And we take a piece of plastic to the store and run it through that little thing and buy pieces of plastic and give it to them. And you say, what did I buy for you 10 years ago? Clueless. I have no idea. I remember at Christmas time when my dad would do stuff, man. I, I remember things my daddy bought me. I mean, I, I had a blue Schwinn bicycle. How many of you remember Schwinn? <laughs> huh? I had a blue Schwinn bicycle. Man, I got that for Christmas. I was so happy. I got that and, and I got a G.I. Joe. And, and it was the Army uh, uh, set, G.I. Joe, and he had the uh, big uh, uh, Jeep with it and all that stuff. I, I mean, I can still see that. My dad says, you remember that stuff? I said, yeah. He goes, why? He goes, none of the kids remember that stuff. I said, I don't know. I, I was really grateful. I got my G.I. Joe with his Jeep. And I was excited because the canteen used to come off the back and you could actually fill it up. So, you know, and I'd be out in the desert with G.I. Joe drinking some uh, water, you know what I mean? But the thing of it was is that I remember things that my dad did for me. And if I can recall what my dad did for me, can I recall what my heavenly father does for me? Can I recall what my heavenly father does for me? And I look to the scriptures and I see this. He said, but thanks be to God, which giveth us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. It's hard to even talk about it, isn't it? Do you realize Heaven is your home and not hell if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Not eternal torment, but eternal glory. Amen. I'm thinking about that crystal sea that we just sung about. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? You go and you read Isaiah chapter 6 and, and you see that, that, uh, that train uh, through the temple. I mean, I can visualize going there and thinking, what is it that God has given unto us? It's amazing when you think about what we're going to have for eternity. Amen? Amen? No more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more of those things, and we'll be in the presence of our Heavenly Father. It's amazing to even grasp. It's an unspeakable gift. And I barely touched the surface of what He's going to give us. And He told me, I have a mansion being prepared for me in heaven. How many of you have a mansion on this earth? I can't afford one, amen? But he promised me one in heaven. And the thing of it is, is can you just grasp what God is doing for his people? It's an unspeakable gift, isn't it? Now thanks be unto God. Amen. 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 Thanks be unto God. For he causes us to triumph in Christ. You know, I look at this verse and I like words a lot. (laughs) They help us to really describe things, and God was the master, amen? He's the master communicator. Now, thanks be unto God, which, and I want you to underline this double time, always. 
Not a word that really needs to be defined. <laughs> Always. How often does he do it? Always. All the time. Always. It never stops. It means that it's continuous. It means it's happening presently. It means that it's going to happen in the future. How often is it happening? Always. Always. It's happened in my past. It's happening in my present. It's continually going on. It's going to happen in my future. Now, thanks be to God. Why? Because he always, always is doing this. It's never ceasing. It's always going on. It's not stopped. There's no stopping point to this. It's going on continually. And I look to this and I see this. To triumph is certainly something that everyone wants to do. And to experience this type of triumph, you first must know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Amen. You must know that heaven is your home. You must have come to a place in time where you've prayed and you've trusted Jesus Christ to take your soul to heaven when you die. Jim did a miraculous job on Thursday talking to the seniors at the senior lunch. He did a fantastic job with that. And just telling these dear folks who are in their latter years, listen, you still must have Christ to get to heaven. Amen? Amen. And the thing of it is, is we need to echo that out everywhere we go in our community. We need to let the world know they need Jesus Christ. For without Him, they cannot have this triumph. Without Him, they do not have this success that we have. Without Him, this is not always taking place for them. But with Him, it's always occurring. And we see to triumph in, in Christ is just such a wonderful thing. And it's a lifetime promise. It's an eternal life promise. Amen? It's something He's going to do continually. And I look at this when you're faced with your battles in life. Here's what I want you to do. The next time that hard battle comes in, whatever it might be for you or your family or you as an individual, when it enters in, I want you to just stop. And I want you to say, now thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Just stop for a minute. And if you want to talk about a time to kneel, that's the time to kneel. Amen. And get alone with God for just a moment and say, Lord, thanks be unto God. And you say, Pastor, what if it's a hardship? What if it's a hard? Stop. Now thanks be unto who? Who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God hasn't let you go through it. You say, preacher, what are you trying to tell me? Do you think that God didn't allow Job to go through those things? Now we have an entire book that says, even in the midst of your hardships and your trials, and even when your friends turn your back on you, I want you to know I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Amen. Isn't that what that book really teaches us? Isn't it who God really is? And God said, have you, have you, have you thought about my servant Job? You know why God put Job to the test? Because he knew Job was going to pass the test. And sometimes God's bringing the test into your life and he's letting you go through it because he knows you're the one that's going to go through it. And on the other side, you're going to give glory to God for what happened. And sometimes that's just what he lets you do. And he lets you go through it. Now I want to challenge you this morning. When you face the battles in life, recall continually that Jesus Christ has already allowed you to conquer it. He's already given you the victory. <laughs> you already have this. You've triumphed already. In your troubles, turn your focus off the situation and turn your eyes upon Christ. And in the midst of your trials, thanks be to the Lord for the victory you already have in Christ Jesus. I have one other thought I want to share with you this morning. The Lord brings to light the sweet smell of His understanding 
the Lord will always give you the scent of his knowledge. If you look at verse 14 with me again, he says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes you to triumph in Christ. Now watch this. And maketh manifest. That means he brings it to light. You ought to just write that out in your margin. He maketh it manifest. He brings it to light. He brings to light the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. He, he brings forth his knowledge. He gives you something. Uh, how many of you can recall uh, a pleasant smell when you was a kid, when you'd walk into your house, into your mother's house? Oh, yeah. And I can recall times whenever I'd come home and um, mom uh, used to make uh, uh, pigs in the blanket, y'all call them, or halukis is what we called them, and they were cabbage rolls. And when mom would make those, I knew they were being made. <laughs> it was one of my favorite meals. And uh, I, love, I love sauerkraut and cabbage, amen? And, uh, and so I, I, could smell, I could smell it walking up to the house. I mean, it would permeate to the walls. And you'd think, oh, dinner's going to be good tonight, amen? And the thing of it is, is that it, when I smell them today, it brings back a memory. How many of you have smelled something that brings back a memory? It brings back a thought, doesn't it? Anybody ever have that happen to them? They walk in, they go, oh, man, that reminds me of, you know? And, and I think about this, and, and here's the idea. Perhaps it was a favorite meal or around the holidays or some fragrance that brings back this memory. It's a sweet smell. And the second reason we're to give thanks unto the Lord is he maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. And so you wouldn't normally associate a fragrance with knowledge, would you? You wouldn't tie those two things together. And, and I thought about this. What did God mean by what he said? But God says when he brings to light his truth, it leaves behind something wonderful. When he brings his truth to light, it leaves behind something. Uh, Anita can go into the bathroom there and and she'll spray her perfume, and she'll come out, and I can go in there, and guess what I can still smell? She left something behind, didn't she? I can still smell it. I think what God's telling us is, is this. When my son came and died on the cross at Calvary, he left something behind. The Holy Spirit of God. Amen? And when you think about this for just a moment, I want you to get a hold of this. The knowledge that God makes manifest or brings to light should always remind us of Him regardless of our location. You see, when you're on vacation, you're not on vacation from God. It should bring forth that knowledge, that fragrance should still be with you. Amen? It should still be around. When I think about this, no matter what your location, it should bring to light His truth and leave them behind for others to take pleasure in the fragrance or the savor of His knowledge. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling what? Savor. <laughs> when, when, you, when you're out in the world, do you leave Christ behind for others? What is it that you left him with? Did you leave him with an angry spirit? A bad attitude, a smart remark, or did you leave behind Christ? What fragrance did you leave behind the last time you met with someone? What did you leave behind when you walked out of that room? What did you leave for them? Did you leave them something that would draw them closer to Christ? Or did you leave them something that would push them further away? I just want to challenge you in your heart this morning. This knowledge that is made manifest or brought to light through us is not that we might glory in it, but we might give God the glory. I want to tell you something. I've talked to a lot of servicemen. I had an opportunity many times 
We were down in Dahlgren when I was at Westmoreland. And we had a lot of service people come through the church. And the thing about them is, is that they didn't want that. They wanted to deflect it. They see it as an honor to serve their country. Now, you do have bad soldiers. I agree. There's probably some that are. But there are a lot of good, solid soldiers that are giving of themselves and their time and sacrificing. And listen, when you talk to them, they feel that it's no sacrifice at all. But boy, what do they leave behind for us? Liberty and freedom and ability to maintain our First and Second Amendment rights. Amen. What is it that they do for us? And yet they deflect it from themselves and say, no, 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 no. It's an honor to serve our nation, to serve our country. And you think about what Christ did for us on the cross that day. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I know what I'm doing, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And I know, Lord, that I'm going to leave something behind. And that something behind is that sweet-smelling savor of the Holy Spirit of God. When a man trusts Christ, when a woman trusts Christ, I give them my spirit. Amen? And you think about this for a moment. You know if you're saved or not. I don't know whether you're saved or not. You know. And if you are saved, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And you have conviction. And you have things that God has called us to do. And you have things that God has called us away from doing. And you know those things. And the Holy Spirit is that sweet-smelling savor left behind of God for you and for me. It's there. And the thing I want to challenge you with this morning is knowing what this incorporates. In Proverbs 2, 6, he said, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. What did God give us? Well, he gave us the Holy Spirit of God. Do you know what the Holy Spirit of God does for us? That he'll bring all things to our remembrance, whatsoever he said unto us. Amen? He'll bring to our remembrance the things that God has said in his word. He gives you something that you didn't have before. You didn't have an understanding of this. You may have read it, but didn't grasp it. But the way that you can grasp it today and the way he made it manifest for you is he gave you his spirit so you can understand his word. So you can take that in. And God left that behind for you. And God left this behind for us. Amen? God gave us something. And thanks be to whom? God, who always causes us to what? Triumph in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 1.3, 3, he said, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and to virtue. This type of knowledge only comes through a personal relationship. It's intimate. How intimate are you with Christ Jesus today? What is your relationship like with Him? Do you really have an intimate relationship with Christ? I know my wife better than anybody in here knows my wife. But that intimate relationship that I have with my wife, do I have that same kind of intimate relationship with my Savior? Do I know Him that well? Do I, do I savor those moments when, when I'm alone with him and can talk with him and, and, and he knows me and he knows my thoughts and he knows my spirit and he knows my attitude and I'm seeking him to guide me and to lead me and to give me those things I need from day to day to live according to his will and his purpose, things that will please him. Am I living like that? I want to challenge you this morning. Where are you in your relationship with Christ Jesus? How intimate 
is your relationship with Christ. And when you are around others, are you leaving something behind? The preaching of the gospel will diffuse that fragrance, amen? It'll put it out in the air. And people know who you are, and they know. Hey, listen, go around town and ask them, do you know Pastor Warnick? They know that's the guy that goes around telling everybody about Jesus. <laughs> I want to be that guy, amen? Because if no one ever gets saved, I know I'm doing right, amen? I know I'm giving the gospel out. And the thing of it is, is that that ought to be what we leave behind, amen? If there's anything you can leave behind, you can leave behind a track and you can leave behind the gospel, amen? You can leave behind the truth of the gospel and tell people that they can truly have heaven as their home. It's not a hope so. It's not something they have to work for. They don't have to light candles for it. They don't have to pray people out of hell. They don't have to take communion. They don't have to do those things. They just have to trust Christ, amen? And Christ alone is what takes that soul to heaven. There aren't all these things they have to do to get there. All they have to do is trust what Christ already did on the cross at Calvary. The promise of knowledge is not an excuse for carelessness, but an encouragement for confidence in the victor. So let's not be careless with it. And the circumstances for Paul, man, you read this, this was not comfortable. And his circumstances were tough. And there were disappointments and there were discouragements, but he was sure that God was in control. And that's what I want to leave you with this morning. And we'll go to the Lord in prayer. I just want you to know, God is in control. Amen? And He tells us in Revelation 19.6, Hallelujah, the Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. Let's pray. Father, thank You. God, help us to realize the triumph that we have in Christ Jesus. Help us to know that we can always triumph in Him. Lord, let us be thankful to our Savior for that. And that, Lord, when we're out and about, that sweet-smelling Savior, Lord, let us leave that behind. Let us leave something behind for those that are unsaved. Lord, let that fragrance of Christ just permeate the, the room. Lord, you promised, if you be lifted up, that you would draw men unto you. God, help Calvary, help every member of this church be mindful that we need to lift up our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's quietly stand to our feet. Miss Epperly is going to begin to play. As she does, I want to challenge you to just come forward this morning. Let's be thankful to God this morning. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Let me challenge you this morning. Could you come and be thankful to your Heavenly Father and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for always causing us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You're here this morning and you know you're saved. You have no doubt about that. You'd slip your hand up real high and say, Pastor, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm saved. Would you hold your hand up real high? Amen. You've got a room full of saved people. Do you have a moment just to take and say, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for me. And Lord, for causing me the triumph in Christ Jesus. You come right now as the Lord leads. You come.
Before we dismiss, can we open our hymnals one more time, 204? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. We'll sing the first and the last. And then, uh, uh, Brother Jim, if you'd come on up here and you can dismiss us in a word of prayer uh, when we're done. And then uh, be uh, back this evening. We're going to be in the book of 1 Timothy. We're going to talk about swerving in your faith. And so if you read verses 5 through 11, that'll help you. But we're going to talk about swerving in your faith. And uh, so I want you to read that, First Timothy, and uh, Josh and Shelby will be back with us this evening as well. So my brother Josh come, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's do the first and last, Josh, and then Jim, if you'll come. Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's life for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace On that last His word shall not fail you He promised Believe Him and all will be well then go to a world that is dying, His perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of His glory and grace We thank you for coming today. Hopefully the service was a blessing to you. That was good, wasn't it? I mean, he's a, he's a good preacher and a good pastor. Let's dismiss in the word of prayer. 
Our Heavenly Father, it has been good to be in your house today. Thank you for each one that has come out. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, continue to go through, uh, forth through our lives, through our speech, that the gospel would be preached unto the world. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.